I want everyone to be happy. But love doesn't keep relationships. It doesn't. Compromise does. Communication does. Com uh, compassion does. That keeps relationships. That love kind of flows in mm -hmm. and out. Like some days, if we're in a relationship, I might love you. Be like, you know what? Other days, you might get on my nerves. Absolutely. But you know, one thing, <laughs> I have that compassion for you. You're like, if you're my friend, mm -hmm. it, it'll work out. But we're not going to love each other every day. Absolutely it's not. not. Welcome to the I Am Worthy podcast, where we don't believe in choosing between this or that, but instead we are worthy of it all. I am your host, Brittany Noel, and despite being a licensed therapist, I know better than anybody what it's like to struggle with the doubt and fears behind the pursuit of your success in life, love, and your purpose. So join me as I uncover the secrets to becoming unapologetically worthy so that you can have, do, and be all things. Welcome back to the I Am Worthy podcast. I am your host, Brittany Noel, and you guys know that I am with you on this journey as we are uncovering what it means to be unapologetically worthy in every area of our lives. And y'all know February, I have designated to be the month of love because at the end of the day, we are all worthy of real love, authentic love, unconditional love, any kind of love you want, you're worthy of it. So I am excited about today's episode because I have a very special guest on the show today, you guys. Please join me in welcoming Darrell Arlene, who is an author, a coach, a therapist, and a mentor, you guys. I am so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. First of all, I just needed the male energy here yes. as, as we journey on this month of love because we cannot have the conversation about love and not a, and have a male voice. Definitely true. So thank you for coming. No, thank you. So for the people who don't know you, um, tell me a little bit about your background. Well, my name is Dora Arlene. I'm actually from New Orleans. Uh, played football at the University of Miami. I went to University of Houston. Uh, got my degree in social work, uh, master's. Um, and I've just been on around the social service for the last 10 years. Yeah. And I found you on Instagram. I found all, I find all my guests on Instagram. Yes. Okay. We've been following each other for a while yes. now. You know, we give each other virtual high fives. Yes. All the time. Often. <laughs> right. Um, but I wanted to have you on the show because you post a lot about mental health. Yeah. But specifically, you really focus in on black men healing from past traumas, insecurities, um, and really healing so that they can show up as whole in their relationships. Yes. Uh, the reason was, but I went through a divorce and it was, it, I'm telling you, it was tough. And I remember my mom telling me, she was like, son, do not go out there and hurt nobody's daughter. Mm. So I kind of, like, what do you mean? She was like, you're broken right now. Um, and until you heal yourself, you can't go out there and be with anybody. Because relationships, divorce, it's tough going through it. Yes. Especially a divorce with kids. Right. Um, so I took, almost two years to basically heal myself. Wow. No relationships, no anything, just to work on myself, to try to get myself from brokenness to wholeness. Wow. Yes. What did you learn in those two years? Um, that I don't have all the answers. Um, and it's a, it's a thing, like, you being a therapist, you know how this is. So when, who helps the helper when they need help? Yes, God. So it's a thing where I started journaling and writing. So in, in, in the aspect of doing that, I kind of found... Uh, a way to heal myself, basically. So I started journaling. Um, one of my friends asked me to go on a 40-day fast with him. I'm like, that's, that's kind of extreme. But you always, you, to get things, you have to do extreme things. So I did a 40-day fast with him, and I wrote a Bible verse down for every day of the fast. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how my first book, Look, wow. Please Forgive the Black Man, came into existence. Right, yeah. right. And why did you choose that title, Please Forgive the Black Man? 
it's so much it's it's not only just for black men it's it's the things that we we've done um fatherhood uh divorce it's just uh jail time like just things like that that we just need healing from and i think we put too much emphasis on the black woman to actually run the community when it should mm. be us listen here so listen and, 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 it's, and it's tough because you always hear black women talking about how you know they have to be strong but mm-hmm. you know that's our job when i tell you okay so as a coach one of the things that I specifically teach women in my um, group, there's a, um, a section where I specifically teach feminine energy for that reason, because especially, you know, I grew up in a single parent household, you know, mother, she had five kids. So for her to be hard and to be tough, to get it done, to make sure, you know, everything was taken care of because there wasn't a father figure in the household, mm-hmm. you know, th- everything fell on her. And if it didn't get done, it didn't get done. Yeah. But as women, we adopt that mindset, okay, well, I need to take care of everything. And then we take that into our relationships. And it shows up sideways. It definitely (laughs) does. Um, Have you ever noticed that after a woman goes through trauma of relationship, the next next guy in in that line of the relationship will get like so many, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Jesus told me to do this. He told me to do that. And it's kind of those things where I talk to women about oversharing in the beginning. Yeah. Some of them do. Men do it too. Too much yeah. oversharing. Mm-hmm. But definitely when you start in a relationship or starting to date somebody, you definitely want mm-hmm. to overshare a little bit and state that what you're looking for. Absolutely. So either they can stay or they can go. Right. right. If you don't make that available in the beginning, I mean, you're setting yourself up. Right. I want to talk about how as women, especially being, you know, a helper, most of us have very big hearts. We have mm-hmm. very nurturing hearts. And there is this cycle that I see completed for um many women where we are going into relationships with men who are hurt who are broken who are damaged and we don't see them as a damaged individual but we see them as they just need my help if if I could just you know I can show him I can teach him what what do you say about that um at a certain age you have to stop dating for potential mm-hmm. i would say 20s yes when you come into your 30s, that potential got to go out the window. Like, you got to date for stability. Mm-hmm. You got to date for somebody that's compatible with you. And if you don't, it's going to be a revolving cycle. It's going to yeah. be every two years a new relationship. Mm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. And we, and, and we, I'm not, believe me, I'm not bashing black men because I'm a black man. I've been through most of this stuff myself. Um, I just know that we make it even harder because mm-hmm. we're not always. The communication is it's tough. Right. Um, coming from a, a standpoint of we've always taught not to cry, not to show your emotions, things mm-hmm. like that. So how can you tell a man to show his emotions? I mean, when you get married, like mm-hmm. at the drop of a dime, oh, you're supposed to communicate exactly. and show your emotions when he hasn't done it his whole life. He hasn't life. done it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, he's not emotionally available. Well, sis, he ain't been emotionally available his whole life. So what you think marriage is going to do? Exactly. That's what counseling and and getting to know that person and land that foundation right. of that is for. And I was susceptible to that to, and to, in my marriage. Like I didn't think that I was emotionally available. Mm. So, and so, and I think as therapists, first of all, we look at this totally different. I always say my first dates are very different from everybody else's yeah. first dates because the questions are different that you ask. Yeah. What questions should women be asking to figure out, okay, is this guy in a place 
that I can even say he's he's ready for mm. anything serious or, you know, something that is substantial. How do we get past those surface level questions? Um, I think women should actually you should act you should tell him what you actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. I think you going on first dates and beating around a bush of of asking questions, the, not the tough questions. I mean, it's going to do you a disservice. Like, how long do you want to wait? Like the, I don't want, mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing I, I never understood about the whole thing in, in women dating is, um, they overshare some things, but they don't overshare the things that actually, that needs to be said that in matter. a, and started in mm-hmm. a relationship. If you go on a date with a guy and he's just a habitual dater, you know, that's not going to do you any good. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be, you're going to be another number. Right. So it's, it's definitely ask those hard questions in the beginning. If he stays, he stays. If he goes, he goes. He wasn't meant for you. Mm-hmm. What's an example of one of the hard questions that they should be asking? I would ask, are you still currently in a relationship? <laughs> I mean, are you or married? does someone believe they're in a relationship with you? With you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's simple. Are you married? Um, it's so sad that you have to ask if, those questions. Yes, you do. You do. In Houston, you do. You have to ask In that. Houston. <laughs> You have to Across the that. nation. How many kids you have? Uh-huh. How many baby mamas you have? Right. I know it's sad questions, but you have to ask. That's very true. You have to ask. Like, at what point after the sixth or seventh date you're going to ask? Then at that point, you're probably starting to like him a little bit. And, you know, it goes downhill from there. Absolutely. So you have to ask. So what would you say for the women who probably, you know, ask these questions too late? Now they're emotionally invested and they're realizing that this is not the ideal situation for them to be in. How can they start detaching themselves from it? First, if they do want to detach or if they don't want to detach, they have to figure out, do they want to do the work Mm. to learn this person, the communication level and all that kind of stuff. And if you do not want to do the work, I mean, I don't say ghost them, but you just have to let them know at this time, like, you're not what I'm looking for. Right. And I think because I've always said, and especially because I taught relationships with men for four years. Mm-hmm. And so I always, you know, and this is where my, kind of my heart for men came because I would hear their side of the story. Yes. Because um, they definitely have a side. We are not always. No. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. He's like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but um, I always tell people because one thing I don't want people to think is that the expectation is that you're coming into this relationship. perfect, that you're going to be 100% whole, that there's a level of your growth that happens in the relationship. So it's not that we are looking for perfect people, right? But you have to understand someone's capacity and whether or not they have capacity. Or whether where their window goes. Like your ceiling might be here and his ceiling might be there. Are you willing to compromise that window being halfway open and knowing that window can never get to your window? Absolutely. Are, you, are you willing to do that? And then if you're willing to do it, don't complain about it two years down the line of that same space that was already the there in the beginning. Gap. You haven't changed. You're not growing. We want different things. When, yeah, it was there in the we, beginning. We knew, you knew in the beginning. You were in that, I can change you. Mm. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. So in men or women. No. I, I don't believe people can change people at all. No. Um, and I think the healthy relationship is someone who identifies, agrees with you. Okay, I do see the gap. What can we do about it? Yes. Um, and that's where the, the work comes in. So, and I always say two imperfect people can make the relationship perfect yes. if both people are willing to do the work. Yes. Um, and that's where the love comes in. Because, you know, I want everybody to find love. I want everyone to be happy. But love doesn't keep relationships. It doesn't. Compromise does. Communication does. Com- 
uh, compassion does that keeps relationships that love kind of flows in mm -hmm. and out like some days if we're in a relationship i might love you but like you know what other days you might get on my nerves absolutely but you know one thing <laughs> i have that compassion for you you're like if you're my friend mm -hmm. it, it'll work out but we're not gonna love each other every day absolutely it's not. not do you believe in purpose partners hmm i do you do in I what do. sense um I believe that you have to be on the same wavelength as a person. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a kind of person where I like to go do stuff in the community and do things like that, and you don't like to do that, that's something that we don't have in common. Right. So I, I believe that my purpose actually is to help men and to heal men, heal men from brokenness to wholeness. So if you don't have that same giving and care and compassion for women or kids, we're not going to be compatible. Mm. Like if you don't like to go out and do community events, we're right, not going to Right, right, right. Because that's where your heart is. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not. Awesome. So if you identify a partner yep. before you find your purpose. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Because, you know, it's, most of the stuff with men, we're physical. Mm -hmm. So if we see something we like, we'll kind of wait. That'll be on the back burner. You'll see the physical thing. You'll get to, you'll talk to whatever, and then you'll kind of address those traits after. Right. But sometimes it's too late. Too late. Sometimes it's too late. So you just have to, I mean, right now at 41 years old, like I have to date with a purpose. You do. Like if you don't date with a purpose, you're just going to find yourself in that, back in, in that cycle. cycle. And I'm not trying to be the old dude in the club, right. dancing in the mirror by myself, you know? Please don't. <laughs> it's not cute. <laughs> We talk about y'all. Yes. <laughs> and we see this in Houston and Miami and everywhere I go, you see that old dude right. in a suit dancing in the club by himself. I ain't trying to be that guy. So let me ask you this. When we are out here getting to know people and, and making the determination to invite these people into our lives, mm -hmm. you know, if you decide to do that, what things should we be prioritizing? My first thing to a woman that's going, that's starting to, to date somebody is that he has to plan for you. So if he doesn't, if, if I call you on a Thursday and say, let's go out on a Thursday, he didn't plan for you. So you want to go out on a date with somebody who plans for you. When I tell you that is one of my pet peeves. Like if, if I want to go out on a date with you, I'm going to tell, if, if it's Thursday, I'm going to tell you on Monday. I'm going to send you a calendar invite to your phone. Wow. So, I mean, you got you to be willing to, even though you probably want to go out with him, you got to be willing to say, no, you know what? I'm busy right now. But if you, Ask me in a couple of days, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll be available. Yeah. You know, that just blew my mind because that reminds me of something I say all the time. And it's on a smaller scale, but this is how like you can tell where, whether or not someone is ready. Yes. Because I always say that a man prepares for a wife before the wife ever shows up. Definitely. So when a man is serious about finding a partner, not even that you're it, but when he, when he has identified himself that he has a vacancy for that in his life, he's already created a plan for that person. So if when he identifies that it's you, you will see the plan unfold. He'll have a, once he identifies that, that it is you, he'll have a whole two week planned out. You won't even know it. Oh my God. It's the truth. And it's the truth. And I've always said men who do not plan for you, are, they're, they're, they are intrigued, but they, they are not invested. Yeah. And this is lessons that I learned, not in social service. This is lessons that I've learned like from my Life. mom. Like, some of the dudes that I mentor and talk to, they don't even believe in chivalry, like opening car doors. No, they do not. They don't. And it was something I had to learn also. Yeah. 
but it's something that as a man you have to because women one thing i've learned about women they like the small things i mean all the gifts and lavish stuff's cool but they still like the small things right and and i think what you said speaks volumes because it's like the to know that you plan something again that gives me permission to operate in my feminine energy yes because if I have to figure it all out, you're putting me in my in my masculine energy. And as an independent woman in 2021, I can do it. Yeah. But understand, I don't want to. So I'm saying, why why do you want to do it? I don't want to. That's what I'm saying. You don't. You <laughs> so don't, if you I have to. So when I invite a partner into my life, that's the that's the vacancy that you should yeah. be able to fill. So that's and that's what I always tell women is that if you're in a relationship that that keeps you in a masculine standpoint, you don't feel safe. Definitely not safe. And, and, and that's the worst thing in the world for a woman to tell you, you know what? I don't feel safe around you mm. for a man. That's like that. I think breaking up is easier than that. You telling me you don't feel safe around me. That's tough. Define safety for me. I'm not talking about financially safe. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about mentally safe, right. safe. Like I don't trust my heart, my emotions around you. I don't feel safe around you. Because I might give you something and you're going to take it. Absolutely. And what are you giving back? Exactly. You guys got to start asking for something back. I'm not talking about money, monetary. No. I'm just talking about something, just something back. Like, if we sitting here, let's have a meaningful conversation. Exactly. And we don't, we don't do that. Right. And then we expect men to just turn on the switch. Right. Once we jump into a relationship or get married. Absolutely. And I will say... It, it's, it's definitely two part. Right. And this is where, you know, I get kudos on Instagram because I don't let women off the hook because I do tell them that in order for us to make a de not a demand, but a request that in order for us to make a request that he come into that space with me, I have to create a safe space for him. Yes. And that means that one, I do have to show up in my feminine energy, but I have to show him that whatever vulnerability he gives me, it will be respected and trusted that he can trust me with that piece of him. And, you know, I have seen women who have used that vulnerability against men. Yes. And then we get mad when we say, you know, you're not available. Yeah. So what do you think women can do to help create a safe space hmm. for a man to be vulnerable? With that, first, the whole thing of when a man tells you something, use it against him. If you do it one time, it's over. It's over. To be honest with they you. They never trust you ever he'll again. Never, he'll never trust you with anything. And that breaks down the walls of communication mm -hmm. automatically. Automatically. I don't care how much you love him. He will always remember. When I told you that, you know what you did? You told me this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And I learned in, in my marriage that oftentimes when somebody comes to you, they don't want you to have all the answers. Mm -mm. They just want you to listen. Absolutely. And as a man, we always have that where... If you come to me with a problem, I'm going to try to have a million solutions when you just want me to listen. And sometimes that's, it's vice versa. Mm -hmm. Men just want you to listen. We don't want all the, you know, you should have did this or you should have did that. That's not what I'm asking. I'm just asking you to hear me out. Absolutely. Because after this one time you hear me out and, you know, you tell me, well, you should have this way or I would have did it like this. It's Why automatically didn't you just a ask wall. Me? Yeah. yeah. It's automatically a wall. Wow. Automatically. It could be I'm coming to you for help for something and you make, you make me feel like I'm the worst person in the world because I didn't tell you. Mm. It's over with. He's going to find that emotional availability with somebody else, to be honest with you. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So don't use, don't use it against him. Be his listening ear. Yes. What else? Um, 
I would I would say to, to some women, for them also to be susceptible su- of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So if he's telling you something, even if it's hard for you to hear, let him speak. Yes. Because as a man, sometimes we think, you know what? This happened, and if I tell her, she'll be crushed. But if you wait so long to tell her, it's going to be, it's, it compounds. Mm-hmm. So I would just say to him to, to, to ease up sometimes. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, when a man comes to tell you something that's wrong, you know he's at his wit's end or it's at the, it's, it's bad. Right. Because we just, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to say this. Like, it, it hurts your ego. It definitely does. It's a blow to your ego to come to the woman that I'm supposed to provide and protect for and tell her that yes. I, I dropped the ball on this or I can't make this happen for you. Or you're dealing with a woman that's everything is mine. So if I'm if I if when you are married or we're dating and everything that comes out of your mouth is my my house, my money, my this, my that. I'm not going to feel comfortable and share anything with you. No, because you back goes to emotionally available. You're not emotionally available. Everything for you is about you. Right. So who wants a person that's selfish and, and, and always about them? Because y'all don't want that in a man. No, no. So, and the thing about relationships and things like that, when men and women go to therapy, have you noticed that if a woman hears something in therapy that they don't like from a therapist, they don't want to go back to the therapist again? Oh, I have. I'm a therapist. I know. <laughs> so do you, you notice that? Like if yes. the woman doesn't like, if the therapist agrees with anything the man said, you know what? I don't like this therapist. Yes. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable that you just count, you see this all the time just by telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And that comes with one. And this is why I'm always an advocate for women knowing who you are, because one of the reasons why that happens is because I'm so uncomfortable and insecure with my own shortcomings that having someone else confirm them for me is very uncomfortable. Yes. And then you're conform conform confirming it in front of my spouse who in my head I've deemed it's him against me. And so it it puts us in this in this dynamic where it feels like I'm losing. Yes. And I'm like I tell people all the time, how are you in a relationship and you're losing when y'all are supposed to be on the same team? Sometimes it feels like a competition. <sighs> it's a competition sometimes like oh you were right, he was right. It and that's sad. That's and it a becomes a tit for tat. Tit for tat. And in, in that environment, all you're doing is waking up every day to destroy the person you say you love. You love. Yep. Looking for the opportunity to destroy the person you say you love so that you can say I was right or I got the, I got the last word. Or they'll look, like, like you said, look for small things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you walked out, you didn't close the garage. Right. Okay. If you didn't see I closed the garage, can mm. you just hit the button to close the garage for me? Simple fix. Can you cover me? And, and that's, oh gosh, I can go on that all day. Um, I'm not going to. <laughs> so what would you say, how can we start re- repairing relationships? Because and, 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 I, I understand that if, if these issues are present by the time you get into the relationship, it's already, you're already late. So this is why I advocate for women while you're single to do as much work as you can so that when you're entering the relationship, you're not learning how to communicate. You're not learning how to, how to be vulnerable. You're not learning how to validate. Like, those are things you can learn before he arrives, yes. <laughs> right? So what can we start doing to heal the relationship for sometimes even before you get in the relationship? 
a big thing with that is with men and women is self-care. Like you mm-hmm. have to do the work yourself. Like I can't go into a relationship expecting you to heal me. Mm. Um, so you have to do that work yourself. And while you're in the relationship, I believe you should take time out for you and your partner just to sit down and talk at least for an hour. Like you get into a routine if you're married or if you're with somebody, they come in from work, you guys say hi and bye. And it's like your roommate. Yeah. Um, so you want to sit down and talk to that person as much as possible. And another thing I believe not only in marriage, but in relationships, you guys have to set goals for each other. You have to, you have to have relationship goals. You have to have financial goals because you have to know these things before you actually right. get heavy into a relationship. Right. Um, Cause you don't want to learn these things out after you get married, after you've been with this person so long. So I definitely believe setting goals for, and it doesn't have to be 20 goals. It could be one monthly goal that you guys share in common. Maybe taking you on a date every other week, mm-hmm. you know, you know, just small things like that, right. that we just society has gotten where we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, with COVID and everything like that, it's hard to date anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think women have to hold men accountable. Yes. That's one of the biggest things. Yes. Um, if I ask you on a date, I'm not going to ask you a date over text message. Mm-hmm. I just think that's, that's just not one of the things I would do. Um, and women let small things like that, they let it constantly fester. So it becomes that. Then it becomes, okay, well, we're not going to do nothing this week, but I'm going to come over. Like, things like that. You have yeah. to set boundaries also. What is, what is the standard? And definitely, bound, and one thing, boundaries are so new for a lot of people. But I call it, you know, they're in learning who you are and how you move in this world. It's called having, you know, processes and procedures. Yes. There's a certain way Brittany moves. I remember, and you, a, I remember you saying the prices went up. Prices went up. Okay. <laughs> um, and every time I always say, every time I uncover a new level of who I am, my, my value goes up. It should. So as my value increases, what, what's the, the investment that is required to enter my life increases. And I've, I, from men, I get, you know, good and but negative feedback about that because they think that um, for the for the men who are not on my level think that it's monetary that I'm talking about. It's no it has nothing to do with money. It's everything about how you approach my life. Are you coming into my life to add value? Are you coming into my life to make me laugh, to make me smile, to take something off my plate? Like I've yeah. managed three businesses. What are yeah. we what are we doing here? I don't have time to text you all day. What, what are you bringing into my life? Come over and take the garbage out. <laughs> Take the trash out, the trash sir. Out. I'll offer oh, Uber, Uber me a, a meal, okay. like to let me know that you see me and you care for me, yeah. right? And I think that one of the the um, difficulties for men today is learning how do I date the independent woman? Because it's not that we don't need you; we just don't need you in the way that you think we do. And so, learning that to add value into into my life, a woman like me, you're not coming with a paycheck you're not coming with money but you're coming with affection you're coming with quality time you're coming with you know what do you need today and that requires a level of service yes and some men are not willing to be of service they want a service but not the service you want they want quick service they want it's like anything else you want it's like an investment you want a quick return on your investment Mm -hmm. but that's not quick returns on investments you know, those don't, those usually something, something's wrong with them. They're not substantial. Yeah. And I had someone commented on one of my videos as a guy and he was like, um, cause I was talking about, you know, 
I forget return. I, it had to be something about uh, ROI. And he was like, well, um, what do we get? In, what, what is our ROI on the investment? Because oh, the video was, is he an investor? And he said, well, what's the ROI? You know, uh, why it's not just a one way street. And I was, you know, polite. And I was like, I, hey, I get it. I said, I've, I never advise a man to invest in a place that does not yield fruit. I said, but if you are investing in a good woman, the right woman will always give you a return on investment plus some. You have to water the grass, though. It's just not immediate. Bit. It's not immediate. Yeah. And if it's immediate, you don't want it. Exactly. And, and what really solidifies whether or not you get the return on investment is what level of safety did you give her? Because a woman who feels safe in your presence will give you everything. Anything you want. Everything. And if she doesn't, it's rough sailing. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough sailing. And we have to make it more successful for them to actually feel safe. Absolutely. And we, and I'm talking about me, like, it's been time in relationships in the past, marriage, that I can remember not making my spouse feel safe. So it took me getting back to who I was, doing the work on myself to get back to who I really was. Because, um, you know, in, in life, like, things changes, like, money changes, right. situations changes, like, but we have to get back to the basics of relationships, of mm -hmm. chivalry, of dating and stuff like that. If we don't, it's going to be a constant door of divorce. Absolutely. Um, and I don't, and like me having a, a young son, I want him to see that his dad was healed from brokenness from a divorce, but it didn't affect him or the relationship with his mom. Right. Because I want my son to see nothing but positive between me and his mom, even though we're not together. Right. Um, and I think that's key too. Like when, people have kids and things like that, you know, it's always like a love hate relationship. I mean, I believe in life and like relationships. You're either an obstacle or you're a bridge. And I chose to be the bridge. Absolutely. So that's one of the things that we just have to work harder on, especially as black men. Mm -hmm. Like we have to, we have to be fathers to our kids. We have mm -hmm. to be husbands. We have to be sons. Like we have to get back to doing the small things. Right. Right. Definitely. <sighs> So you're going to keep working on the men. I'm going to try. <laughs> I will keep working on the women. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's, it's all about healing. And I think a lot of times it's adults healing from what didn't happen in childhood. Yes. And trying to fix what didn't happen or what wasn't received in childhood so that they can become the adults who love appropriately. Um, and from a place of, of service, yeah. you know. And not a place of competition. Gosh, yes. it's to be honest, for, for black men, we'll never catch up to you guys. Just to be honest, like you guys are the most educated. You own the most businesses. Like it shouldn't be a competition of trying to catch up with you guys. Mm -hmm. It should be a competition of what can I do to complete your life? It's partnership. Oh, it's, it's a partnership. It's partnership. And, and what's crazy is black women have never said catch up to us. And, but that's always our thought. Pride and ego. Ego. <laughs> Definitely right. Pride. But a black woman has never said catch up with us. It said be with us. Side by side. Be with us. That's, that's all we've ever said is be with us. We've never demanded. E even the women who come from a masculine standpoint say, okay, he need to have this and he need to have that. You will find the man with everything, every, every education, every degree, every, every comma in the make account and still be unhappy because unhappy. that has never been what satisfied us and fulfilled yeah. us. But we wanted you to be with us. When we're successful, when we're not successful, mm -hmm. 
right? Because we don't measure our, we, we've never really measured our worth by success. Um, so yeah. And for all those people who, oh, I love being single. Like that's, that's a lie. It is. Like who wants to be we, single the no, rest of your life? That's we, not true. Like if I have something good that happens at work and I come in, it's just, I come into Nobody my house. Nobody to share it with. I don't have a dog. I have none. Of it. It's crickets. You got like, who cat. wants that? <laughs> who wants that? Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's the reality that people have convinced themselves of because I do believe that you should be content in yeah. your singleness, but to be totally happy would mean that you no longer value community. Um, and we are, we're human beings yeah. where we were literally designed to live in community and to have but, that, that intimacy. So I'm not gonna, and, the, and I always say that's an act of self betrayal was when you tell yourself you don't need something that you're designed to need. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs companionship. Everyone needs companionship. That's why people have, if you don't, dogs and cats, well, if you didn't. Man's best friend. Because yes. you want a yes. best friend. <laughs> we want Definitely. best friends. So, yeah. yeah I, don't believe, I don't believe in that. I think everybody wants, not wants to be with somebody, but I think it's, it's prevalent that you have something or somebody in your life. Yeah. To share those good times and the bad. When th think about the bad times. Like, yeah, bad things are happening and you just, it's nobody. No one. Yeah. And then some of us, we I mean, men, women, we burn so many bridges. So you've actually the reason why you don't have anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's deep. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I have enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we need to have a part two <laughs> because um, I think there's just so many different ways that we can take this conversation. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of ways we it's are going healing. to take it. It's about healing our community. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, like you want to be a like a pillar not even a pillar like a cornerstone of showing people that good things you can actually come back from bad things Absolutely. like we like we all have been through traumas and it's just how do you choose to steer your life from that trauma mm -hmm. and that's the that's the only objective is to be here and be happy right right and not be alone like who wants to be alone right and, and the key to, to really inviting people into your life is learning how to become the highest version of who you are. Who you are. Because people are attracted to your light. And for women, I work with them on teaching them to stop stifling their, their own light, minimizing themselves to fit the needs of someone who's broken. Yeah. <laughs> can't, you can't heal broken men all the time. It's too, like. Oh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, it's exhausting for a man who was broken. So just imagine you trying to heal him from something that he doesn't even know that's going on. Right. And, and sometimes they don't want healing. <laughs> Let's just start there. Too. Sometimes they don't want it. And, and then there's times where if you see he doesn't want healing, it's time to go. Time to go. But some women will try to work through the brokenness. Mm -hmm. And you know what that becomes? It becomes them being broken. Mm -hmm. yep. Now you got two broken people. Just out you know, of the world. He, and, and most of the time as men, what we do is we're going on to the next. We're going to leave you broken. Absolutely. So you're going to have to fend and heal yourself. And I mean, I'm pretty sure like some of the women that you, mm -hmm. you mentor and talk to and counsel, like they've been in a situation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to ask you this question before we depart. Go ahead. Because um, for women who have, like you said, they've gone through those bad relationships, they've healed, and now they are um, re-entering into the dating world as a whole, as a healed whole individual, right? Um, how can they differentiate between 
the men who are on their same trajectory and the men who are not? What should they be looking for? Hmm. I would say look for a man who's who's ready for what you're ready for and ready to actually enter into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause they got some guys that just want to date. Um, so you just, de- you definitely have to ask those questions about, you know, what do you see? What do you see yourself doing? Like, are you looking for a relationship? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? Um, Cause if you don't, it's going back into the cycle of. So that's question number one. Do you actually want a relationship? A relationship. Or are you mm-hmm. just here to date? Mm-hmm. Because if not, you know, Guys who are just there to date, you know what you know what what that means. Yeah, and it's it's up to you to make your own decision. Yeah, and as a man, we have to start telling women that also, like, give them the, the grounds and the options to do what they want to do. Like, if I'm not here for a relationship, I'm gonna tell you I'm not here for a relationship, and you make your decision. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that enough. We just we just stay there till we get what we want, then it, it's over with. Mm-hmm. Right, definitely. <sighs> I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, um, ladies, if they do tell you what they want, believe them. It ain't and, changing. And you want a man, you want a woman or a man who's purposeful yeah. in their dating. Don't just be dating just to date. No. Mm-mm. And that goes back to the vision. He will have a vision. Yes. Before you show up. And you'll know, you'll know at that, if he prepared for you for that date, you'll know. Mm-hmm. If it was just, I text you, let's go out to dinner tonight. In my mind, if I was a woman, I'd be thinking like, wait, was I the first option? Did somebody cancel? Did somebody cancel? They don't think like this. Some of them. All right, y'all. Listen, look, (laughs) I know he done stepped on somebody's toes today. So... Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. Where can, because I know everybody's going to go and flood your Instagram and get your book. So where can they find you? Uh, my Instagram is author Darrell Arlene. Uh, my website is Um And on Facebook is Darrell Arlene. Awesome. And your book? My first book, Lord, Please Forgive the Black Man, is available at Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles. And my second book actually comes out February 22nd. Uh, it's called Black Credit, White Market, Repair and Rebuilding credit in a black community that's my second project that i was working on so just trying to heal my community and myself i'm still a work in progress awesome thank you so much for coming by on the show i have enjoyed this conversation we will be having a part two you guys i'm letting you know up front um because this is a topic that we have to explore yes um, continue to explore so thank you for sharing thank you um, and being transparent yes about your journey it's i mean it's, it's tough like as a man you you almost have to come to grips with being transparent one time it's like you're living in a living in a closet, living in the dark. Yeah. So that's my thing, just improving myself and helping black men along the way. That's all. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. So you guys, this has been an amazing episode of the I Am Worthy podcast. I thank you so much for tuning in with me. Make sure that you like, share, comment, um, and, and send this video to everybody that you know needs it right now in this season that they are in. Until our next episode, you guys, I will talk to you guys later. That was another episode of the I Am Worthy podcast. If you like what you heard, please comment below and tell me how this content is helping you. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I am so happy to be with you on this journey as we are all becoming more of ourselves in every area of our lives. Until our next episode, I will catch you guys later.